Hey, you're gonna love this interview with Andy Berman, the co-founder of Val. We talk about competing with Zoom, the potential for artificial intelligence to change the way we work, and how Andy thinks about building a compound startup. Lots of distinct perspectives in here. Here is Andy Berman. So uh, usually, you know, in, in the, the pitch decks for startups, it's always like, look at how big this market is that we're going after. Uh, and, and there's this big, you know, kind of competitive uh, chart that's like our competitor has this, but we also have this or this competitor is missing that. And, you know, we possess this, this differentiating factor. Uh, the last three years, like Zoom has been one of the darlings, one of the stars of video calls. And it, it's become a verb like a Zamboni. And yet you have the audacity to to go after them with the startup that you founded. So please tell me uh, not only the, the vision for Val, but the the kind of, you know, charisma, chutzpah, whatever you want to call it, to actually go after such a such a, a rising star as it pertains to Zoom and video conferencing. Well, I think when you look at the video conferencing industry over the last 15 years, every three or four years is a new player. If we had gone back to 2012, you would have been asking this question about WebEx or Google Meet or Skype or Skype for Business and so on and so forth. So the industry is constantly evolving. That's number one. Two, historically, there was a moat around the technology. Um, there was a moat around actually just being able to hear and see people. That was nine-tenths of the battle. And then if you if you remember the history behind this, or maybe you've ever interacted in this, it was, it was video conferencing really needed an IT team. You needed a SIP address, and it was very it was much closer to a networking protocol than it was click a button and speak to someone. And or 2015, 2014, this started to change, and then the technology became actually stable enough that you can have a call with anyone from anywhere on your phone. But the core product experience really hasn't changed since 2009, at least as far as I'm concerned. And so values, Vowel's value prop is focused on searchable, shareable knowledge. We're a collaboration tool, not a communication tool. I'm not trying to replicate an experience that could have been done on nine other platforms. So we have a meeting, we want to talk to each other, and that could be on Teams, that could be on WebEx, that could be on Zoom, that could be on Google Meet. What I'm, tr What we're doing and what our customers pay for is time travel. It's time travel across their companies. And so many meetings in your organization, you're pushing things forward. They have an agenda, they have action items, and the last five minutes, they have next steps. And most of the time, that then disappears into nowhere. And someone's then forced to take copiously take notes and then spend 30 to 45 minutes after that meeting sending them out. What we're building, automatically take notes, automatically suggest the action items. And this is live today. It's not some futuristic vision. And being able to audit and click into the video. And so then anyone in your organization, with your permission, will have access to any information from a, from a meeting. And so you have this total ability to have, to have asynchronous information spreading throughout your company in a very differentiated manner. And one of our customers told us this was like the tool Loom, meets Zoom. And the way we think about the world, it's a compound startup. So yeah, you can do what we do at Val with other tools, but they're going to be a host of different plugins and software to just get to a place of what we do instantly and automatically. And so we want to power 
collaboration inside of your organization. We want to push work we forward, work forward, and we want, and we heard this from one of our customers, when you come back from vacation for a week, you can quickly read all the summaries of the meetings that have been generated by our AI. And in about two hours, you know what happened in a week. And that's a very different vision than what folks in the communication space are doing today. And that's why I have the audacity. It's also a market that went from being a small niche market to being the largest market in the world. And if you think of task managers, there's Monday, there's Jira, there's Asana, there's Linear. I'm sure there's a five more that I've just forgotten. There's Notion and even in task management today. And there's ClickUp. But in video, there's three players. And I believe this market's going to fragment and you're going to see another multi-billion dollar company be made focused on the information. And that's what Val is today. We give you a summary of meeting, we allow you to structure your conversation, and we make it accessible inside of your organization. And so when you say Zoom meets Loom, just, just to make sure we're putting a fine point on that, you're saying, you know, Loom is traditionally thought of as a tool that someone completely asynchronously uses to teach something, an SOP, a process, a training, a, a, a walkthrough of a, of, a, of a, you know, potential pitch. And the, the kind of organization of knowledge is really more Loom's piece. Zoom on the teleconferencing side, this middle area that you can occupy kind of takes the core idea, almost like, a, like Snapchat did for consumer social, which is let's start with the camera that everyone has that is using all the time on their uh, laptop or whatever device and fully flesh out what it should be able to do for the organization. Yeah, and I will take it a step further. Most of the time, Loom is asynchronous. It's always asynchronous, but it's purpose. It's, it's purpose-built asynchronous. So you have to sit there and you're gonna, you wanna present to a bunch of people using a Loom and asynchronously do it. You're gonna record your meeting for 15 minutes in advance. You're gonna talk to yourself and then you're gonna share it out. So much of the good asynchronous information happens in a synchronous conversation. Four people get together. They discuss the action items and next steps for a product they're building. Well, then they need to share it out to the rest of the team. Yes, you could go and redo this conversation or just quickly grab a snippet, share it. And in addition to just sharing the snippet, the user gets the TLDR. What happened? And you can send that to Slack. And it's like time traveling. That's what our users call it. Fascinating. So you and I both saw very recently on LinkedIn, the same graph. And this graph was basically summarizing the decreasing amount of employees that S&P 500 companies needed to generate 1 million in revenue. And I'm not sure if they were controlling for inflation. I'm sure there's a little bit of you know noise here, but it's on this steady descent from you know needing uh, more than a half dozen employees to maybe needing two employees to do a uh, million dollars worth of revenue, largely enabled by software. And you kind of did this addendum here where this is going to get even more pronounced with the advent of AI. So as someone who's actually building in this space, you know we moved from from blockchain to this and that. There's always a new buzzword. AI is here. It's it's captured the imagination, whether through Chat GPT or other tools like yours. What are you seeing that makes you, you know, see to some degree it's asymptotic where it's, it's, it's reaching a limit to, you know, less than one employee, but you know, what are you seeing that's making this just more pronounced uh, of a trend? Sure. So, I mean, I've been focused on building companies that, that 
utilize machine learning and quote unquote AI for since 2014. My first company is a business called Nanit. Nanit's the leading baby monitor in the market. We track breathing, sleep, and movement from a video feed. We take 12 hours of video and give you a night summary. This is like your ESPN highlight reel. And what is this really? We're using computer version and machine learning to do all this. So we can track breathing and sleep and movement from just a video feed. That was an AI company. We just never marketed as AI. Why? Because five years ago, no one believed AI worked. Somehow last year in November, call it, ChatGPT went to market. And now all of a sudden, everyone believes AI works again. But this has been a trend that's been happening since 2017. And what we're seeing now is computer vision historically worked, large-scale machine learning models historically worked, but now all of a sudden is large language models work. And so NLP, NLU, which is which are, were domains that were incredibly difficult, are now actually very are now actually very usable. So first and foremost, what we've seen, marketing. So tools like Jasper and Copy AI, they're really helping marketing teams. They're helping helping on content creation. And they're going to really provide efficiency there. Secondarily, general purpose applications in the org. So at Val, we just launched Val AI in mid early February. We can now give you the summary. So the TLDR plus the action items and the decisions seven seconds after the meeting ends. That eliminates the need for, for somebody dedicated in a, in, in a meeting to take notes to disseminate the information. And then we're rolling out the integration into your your task manager. So now all of a sudden, all those information will be integrated into whatever uh, task manager you're using and whatever communication platform, whether it's Slack or something else you're using internally. And so you can start to see the picture of it's, it's really going to accelerate knowledge work. It's really going to increase your productivity. And what that means? You'll be able to spend more time with your family. You'll be able to spend less time focusing on business, busy work. And as a manager, you're going to look like a much better employee than you ever did before. You're going to be more organized. You're going to have access to more information. And where we're going at Vowel is just in the meeting. Maybe you start talking about a topic that you'd previously mentioned. Well, we're going to be able to surface that information for you right in the moment. And so information that you used to have pull, you'd have to search for, now becomes push. It's suggested for you. And you, it really is going to transform industries in ways that it, we're just starting to, beginning, to begin to realize. So, man, I, I wasn't expecting to go in this direction, or at least not this early in the convo, Andy. But, you know, in, 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 back in the day, John Maynard Keynes, the famous economist, predicted, you know, our grandchildren will have a 15-hour work week. And one of the things that like modern economists will muse about is like, well, where is that? What happened? It feels like, you know, productivity hasn't shot through the roof and, you know, people are working as much as ever and, and you know, between inflation and other causes, like it's actually harder to, to make ends meet. And so what I'm hearing is, you know, if you can thoughtfully use AI as a partner, it would open up the door again for you to have the productivity of a full-time person in less time. Is, is that is that your your position? 
Yeah, I think that it's hard to predict the future and how thing and unintended consequences of the future. Um, I don't know that we'll ever have a 15 hour work week. And I definitely think Elon Musk is going to disagree with you. And I think manufacturing is still a lot manufacturing healthcare industries that can't be completely digitized are, are still going to be large sectors of the economy. But I think you're going to see massive productivity gains over the next five years for knowledge workers. Got it. That's, that's clarifying. I, I have a similar intuition, but then I'm always trying to look for, like you said, the second or third order effect of like, well, then we're just going to like start, you know, worrying about this or stressing about that or, or, you know, honing in on something else. So um, in, in the realm of these smart assistants, so we've played around with this in multiple forms for my company, Piper. And one of the ones that I've experimented with is basically the smart assistant, the smart note taker. And you may want to throw arrows at, at the, <laughs> the competition. I'm just going to itemize them for some of the ones that we've tried. But there's, you know, Fireflies, Otter AI, Supernormal, a couple others. And candidly, a number of them suck. Like, honestly, like they don't join the call when I'm, you know, like, like I have the call and they don't show up for the call. Or the notes that they give me, they're like more oriented around being a transcript rather than the TLDR, like actually meeting summary. And this was when you said, all right, next steps, all right, after action items. That's really important relative to when I was like asking, you know, Susie about her cat or something. And so can you just talk a little bit about what makes a good virtual assistant, not virtual assistant, sorry, let me say that again. What makes a good artificially intelligent assistant in these meetings and what qualities it needs to actually provide value and not just be like more data for data's sake. Well, so I'm not going to sit here and trash competitors, but I have observed the same phenomenon you've observed. This is the biggest challenge I think in this space right now, the marketing side of things. Everyone sits there and says they have AI, but most of it is snake oil. And that's the reality behind most of these tools. Uh, at Val, we strive to provide a real product experience that brings users real value. And what, at least what I'm doing, I haven't seen anywhere else in the market that's accurate, that ac that's actionable. I think a lot of people can take a transcript and say that's a summary. Um, and I think a lot of people take, and a lot of people can take GPT-3 and try to throw some information into that and see what ends up coming out. We do a lot more of that at Val. And we did a lot more of that at Natted. And so this is sort this is the type of models and tooling that I've been building for the last 10 years. And this is something I'm very passionate on. How you cut through the noise and make people actually believe that this actually works is a very interesting challenge because everyone else is claiming they have this product out there and their product is crap. And look, I've not looked at all the competitors out there, but I have observed the same phenomenon you have. And, you know, once again, I, I, I'm not asking you to jump into any pools that you don't want to, but the only other one that's similar to me in terms of experiencing Val is super normal. And the very specific difference in form factor between you and all the other virtual assistants, or not, I keep saying virtual assistants, between you and all the other artificial ass assistants is that they're like this third party. They're not actually running the video conferencing for me. So they're like, we'll show up at your Google Meet, we'll show up at your Zoom and be that note taker, that you know, uh, arbiter of information. You've specifically made this choice to own that form factor of the video meeting. And what I imagine is the good side of that is, you know, if I'm a salesperson and I have a Calendly or some sort of booker, 
I can kind of ensure that that's the link that we're using. If it's an internal team meeting, I have, you know, the domain to say like, this is what we're using for our internal calls. But the, I guess the, the vector then of, of potential um, concern for Val is like, what if someone from some other, you know, organization, a client sends me a Zoom link or something, and then I have to navigate switching into a different form factor to, to get that information. So can you just talk a little bit about that specifically? So I think you're talking about it from just the meeting assistant piece, what happens after the meeting. But Val is so much more than that. Before the meeting, we give everyone the ability to set the agenda. During the meeting, we get everyone the ability to collaborate. And after the meeting, that's when you get the summary, the TLDRs, the action items. And And you also get all the video. So you can jump to a moment in time. You can search it. You can create clips out of it. But you can imagine a world that we're going in where you have all the information from previous meetings, from everything else that's occurring in your company at your fingertips in the meeting. And so that's where we see the world going. From a UX perspective and from a product experience perspective, it's go- I believe it's very hard to build plug-in tools. Secondarily, I view them to be very expensive. And so our goal is to build a compound startup, not to build on t- somebody else's platform. Because... This is the way we believe that we can build a very large lasting company in the space. And I think that's a very different approach than some of our competitors. And so I really don't want to trash my competitors. I think there are a lot of smart people in the space. They're pursuing a lot of different uh, approaches to a similar product problem. But I think we have a very different strategy. And I think you're going to be surprised where we go. And, and really, like, it's it just illuminating, bringing it back to the entrepreneurs that probably aren't in this space necessarily competing. It's really, like, intentional product choices and int- intentional positioning and strategy. That that groundwork is laid very early in the, you know, formation of a company. Yes, you can always pivot. You can always make, you know, these these amendments. But it, it's, an, it's an early decision that, you know, will really play out over years for you guys to kind of reach the full potential. Yeah, I, I think that we've made some very intentional product decisions. We made some very intentional bets, and I think you make those early. And I think you always have to be reevaluating data and see where the market leads you. I think for us, we're trying to be a wall-to-wall communication tool um, and collaboration tool. Really, how do you push work forward? How do you work with a distributed team? And how do you work with a hybrid team? And we made these decisions early, and that's where we're focused on today. Right on. So, uh, Nanit, I uh, I was a little hesitant to even um, mention that, that like that's you know what my wife and I use for for our baby monitoring, and you know um, that there is a degree to which that is the only internally facing camera in our home. So that there's like this high intense um, you know consideration for privacy. And when I was talking with my wife about this interview, she goes. So you're saying he made uh, a baby monitor and then the internal company comms product. This is someone, she's like, he must really believe in his ability to keep data secure because those are like, in different ways, the highest like privileged domains of, of, of where people would be recording things. So um, I, I don't know if you necessarily want to like walk through your security apparatus, but just like in general, like that doesn't, you know, keep you up at night. That doesn't stress you out because it would stress me out. So at Nanit, we're HIPAA compliant, we're pen tested, we conform to all standards and security. I think we're also the leading product in the market. 
Uh, at Val, we're SOC 2 Type 2 compliant. We're pen tested. We have HIPAA compliance coming for medical use cases. Um, and we comply with CCPA in California. So I think we take a approach to security that data is and privacy that data is paramount. Um, and it's really, as you described, I have an internal facing camera in your home and I have a commute, I have a communication slash collaboration tool in your office. And so I really believe in privacy and security. You're never going to see me run ads. Uh, you're never going to see us take your data and do anything nefarious for us. And I think both companies spell out in detail what we do from a privacy and security uh, perspective on our websites. And so that's where I'll leave it. But we, we, are, we very much focus on security uh, and privacy specifically at both companies. And, and just back to like the kind of strategy level, not getting into technically like what's being done. But once again, that can be a moat, that can be a barrier once you've you know, met all those compliance standards and continue to abide by them and built for that. That's now a point of differentiation that I don't know if you like have enterprise sales yet going on at Val, but like in, in the future when you would, like that is going to be a part of the buying decision and the conversation. Yeah. And so we... At launch, we were SOC 2 compliant uh, for Val. I think uh, maybe six months after launch, we were HIPAA compliant for Nanit or at launch. I just don't remember. It's been years at this point, but it was very quickly we were HIPAA compliant. And we're always focusing on these standards and and best-in-class security. And we, we try to go significantly above what's required under HIPAA and what's required under SOC 2 at both organizations. And again, we'll, we'll have to direct you to the security and privacy pages on the website because I don't think it's the best topic for us to be discussing. Fair enough, fair enough. So the, the, where I'd like to you know, spend the, the back half of this conversation, Andy, is um, as someone who is a product person, and we were even saying you know, before we hopped on this call for the, the interface that we're using to record, um, like, you know, you can just see like, why doesn't it have this product like feature? Like, you know, they could have evolved in this direction. Um, and, and, you know, given your, your capabilities with machine learning, with na natural language processing, with software, um, are there other areas that you're just particularly excited to see products that are really leveraging the cutting edge of machine learning and, and artificial intelligence? You're excited to see them go attack and change and disrupt the incumbents, because despite you're incredibly, uh, you know, productive considering you're building Nanit and now Val, I'm, I'm sure there aren't enough hours in the day to meet all the different kind of ideas and other things that, that percolate on top of your brain. Here's what I'd like to see. I mean, here's my dream world. I'd like to see full self-driving cars actually fully available. Um, and my gut is Tesla's up there first. I don't know who does, but I would love to see that happen. I mean, I was driving back and forth to my in-laws this weekend. And I was just thinking about how that would be something that I would absolutely love. Um, I think in terms of products and technology, I'm so curious to see what Apple starts to do. Uh, Apple typically waits until market, until technologies are, um, uh, are call it mature and then launch, launches a product in a market. And you can just imagine the type of opportunities they see. They've done incredible s stuff using machine learning, on their camera. And that's how they're able to achieve such quality from your iPhone camera. 
in addition to just improving the actual hardware. Um, I would love to see what happens with Alexa and Siri. I think those can be so much better and so much smarter versus just being primarily decision tree based. And can you go into a little bit more detail on that? Just, just help, help me picture like a, a feature or a capability that you maybe, I don't know if you would say is inevitable, but is highly likely or, you know, a, a prudent kind of uh, direction for those products to evolve into. Well, my guess is, so Google's going to launch something called Bard, which is their chat GPT competitor this year. Google has an assistant product. Today, most of these assistant products are basically decision tree based, i.e. they know an answer to a question. They have a few different versions of the answer. And so if you actually modeled it out, it would look like a decision tree from like statistics. Um, I think you're going to start seeing a more generative approach. And so one can imagine a world where there's a Google assistant in your home and you can ask any question and get back any answer. Um, maybe Cortana from Microsoft will get there first, given their investment in open AI. Uh, but you just have to believe these are going to get significantly better. I mean, I'm sure you've tried asking Alexa or Siri a question and stumped them pretty easily. Well, Chat GPT, if you go to the prompt and you start asking the answers, you may not get the perfect answer, but you're going to get an answer to your question pretty much all the time. So it starts to beg the question, why are your voice assistants not using a technology closer to that? Maybe the answer is because you want them to be 100% accurate or closer in accuracy. But I've seen Bing, I've seen Chat GPT, I've seen Neva, and I'm sure there's going to be some very interesting developments there. Absolutely. And it would almost be like a slightly different use case as opposed to, you know, completing a function for you, the, the, the very smart character that can, you know, maybe hallucinate a little bit and not always give you the right answer is just kind of an interesting, you know, that's the movie Her is based off of that concept. So I was trying not to say the, the movie Her. Uh, that's funny you mentioned it. I was thinking about it. And then the question is, who ends up there? Uh, who ends up with the sentient, close to sentient um, assistant, I hope you don't fall in love with them. Uh, and I hope they don't do anything nefarious. Um, but I, I think we're getting closer and closer to that world on a daily basis. I mean, you know, speaking of you coming in and, and disrupting the incumbents, like to me, I almost wonder if any of those big companies, like how they would get their mind around the liability of that. Because, you know, like you think about, you know, the pristine, you know, protection of their, respective brands. It's like the weird AI assistant, definitely da probably more dangerous, probably more out there, but it seems like it would be the startup that's actually like willing to go out into, you know, so, some you know place, a field of, of where these assistants currently act. Yeah. I, uh, I think we have a very decent shot of being able to provide you in meeting knowledge of, of other categories of information from your company. Uh, it's on our, it's part of our vision for Val, and it's something we're very interested in. The question then, who becomes the home version? The, the, the version of her, where it's your, it really is your companion. Right now, I have a dog that's sitting next to me, but maybe it'll become uh, her. Um, and I, I, you can definitely start to see this world, uh, this world appear. I think there's some very deliberate product choices that people are going to make. Um, I'm sure somebody out there is pitching her to some VCs right now. Bet. Um, well, well, your product has expanded my imagination of how a company can be run. And I, I don't say that lightly. That's not something I'm usually, you know, wrapping up with the guest on in, in terms of how 
um, you know, how I'd summarize their product or my experience with, with the company that they're building. And this conversation has only, you know, kind of continued to expand that, Andy. So I, uh, I appreciate you coming on the show. I would like to uh, ask my standard last couple questions here. But before I do that, anything else you were hoping to share today that I just didn't give you a chance to? No, um, I, I think uh, one, I'd love to see Aaron, you start to become a valid customer. I'd love to see all your listeners check it out and see what the difference that we can actually provide. Uh, if you want to check it out, go to val.com. Uh, we have a coupon code for all the show listeners going deep. Uh, and I, I'm sure Aaron will provide that in the show notes, but I think it's a very, very interesting time. And I think you're going to see a lot of different products and workflows completely reinvented. And I think some companies are on the forefront, like Notion, rolling out their AI. Uh, and I think some companies are going to be caught flat-footed. And I'm excited to see how this all happens. Right on. Well, I'll be watching. I uh, hope people will will go check that out. We're going to link uh, val.com in the show notes. Any other digital coordinates that you want us to direct, to direct people towards? No, uh, I'm on Twitter at Berman66. If you ever want to listen to my riffs and rat and rants, um, but yeah, definitely check us out at Val.com. This interview, this was awesome. I really enjoyed this conversation. Right on. Uh, we're gonna link that in the show notes, goingdeepwithaaron.com/podcast for every episode of the show or in the app. We're probably listening to this right now. Uh, but Andy, before I let you go, I would like to give you the mic one final time and issue an actionable challenge to the audience. Look, try Val, see if we can't make your company more productive. What we've heard is we save you six hours of week per person of admin work. If we don't, shoot me an email, DM me on Twitter, and uh, I'll give you your money back. Right on. I dig it. Uh, go check out Val. Andy, thanks for coming on the show, man. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the end of my interview with Andy. If you enjoyed it, you'd also enjoy our interview with Dr. Shiv Rao from Abridge AI. His artificially intelligent assistant is making doctors and patients' lives better and going to transform the healthcare industry. Give it a listen.